This is Blake the Cat Miller, and I'm joined by always my good friend, the commissioner, Jake Baki. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing good. I've not slept since our draft on Sunday. It was a fun time over at Nick's place with you, Phil, Nick. Enjoyed uh, some beers. Um, other people partook in other things that we will not say since this is a kid no, show. It's a kid um, show. Sorry, I, Cannon. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it was a great time. I'm looking forward to football finally tomorrow. Got some money in the account, getting ready Whoa. to earn it. I know I'm surprised Uh-oh. too that I actually have money still in my uh, betting account. I'm surprised I didn't lose it from Sunday to today. So shout out Duke. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be an exciting uh, season. We have a fun little preview episode for all of you. Uh, we're going to go into a deep, deep dive for each team. Uh, Blake with the PFF stats. He's got a bunch of them for you guys. Me with the predictions that will shock some of you and some of you will be upset with my predictions. So make sure you sound off in the comments um, regarding those. But yeah, I'm looking forward to a fun year. Yeah, it's going to be great. And we're and like you mentioned, there there are plenty of teams I have very strong opinions about. There's 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 one team in particular that you know I don't want to I don't want to spoil. There's one team I think that's just going to dominate this league, and I'm very excited about. We'll get into it. Let's get into the episode. Like you said, it's a long one. Grab your popcorn, take a seat, hop on the enjoy airpods, it on the, enjoy it on the freeway while you're sitting in traffic. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big freeway. So let's get into the episode. Okay, cue the NFL draft noise. Oh, I'm going to love this. It's going to be for every every manager we introduce. So let's start off. Number one pick of the draft, Fitch. No longer Fischl boys. I don't know. Was there a falling out there, Jake? Yeah, falling out. Oh, you know what it might be? Uh, shout out to Cannon uh, for his soccer championship on Sunday. Uh Guy won, uh, I believe, the championship and also won the MVP with scoring six goals. There might be a falling out, I've heard, because Cannon is a champion while his father has yet to win a championship in the North Side store or sorry, North Side League. I know it's tough with like the podcast and then the league. Like you you never know when to etch it off, but Brian's looking to make that uh make that a change this year because he got the number one for a number one pick. Obviously went Justin Jefferson. Um and we go through his team. He went wide receiver heavy, first two picks, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson. And my favorite, for my favorite team this year, New Orleans Saints, Chris Olave. But that's, I want to start with the negatives with his team because I feel like I'm generally a pessimistic person. I hate his running backs. I hate James Cook, especially. Uh, I, I view the Bills offense similar to how I view the Patriots uh, running back room that we've all grown to hate mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. It's not bad now. Ramondre Stevenson seems like take a stranglehold and no more uh, Damian Harris there. So maybe it's better. Wait, but who but has Damian Harris? I Who does have Damian Harris? I don't know. Which team? Damian Harris is on. Holy crap. I knew this one. Why are you testing me right now while I'm going over this? He is on. Oh, my goodness. We're talking about him. He's on the Buffalo Bills. He is on the Buffalo Bills. Wow. That even makes me hate James Cook even more because Damian Harris is a beast. Um, when I think of Buffalo Bills offense, I think of I think of Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen in the end zone. I'm, I think of how many times I'm waiting for I'm – not, I'm not rooting for injuries, first off. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for that time when he's doing like the zone option or read option and he's running in head first. But mm-hmm. I think touchdowns with him. 
I think Stefan Diggs. <clears throat> Stefan Diggs led the uh the whole NFL and wide and wideouts and like top 30 wideouts in terms of drops last year. That's gonna change. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way it's gonna get worse. And he still had a very successful season. I believe he went in the first 20 picks of the draft this year, no duh. And I see just too many mouths to feed in Buffalo, even with Damian Harris now. And I I think and where he got him drafted at in the fourth round, I think the only value that can be saved is his incorporation in the pass game. And I'm looking at I'm looking at PFF. I'm going to be referencing this all the time. This is the last time I apologize for it because it's a great website that gives you really good insight of just about players and and whether it's projections or looking at offensive lines or what what they just introduced now is wide receiver cornerback matchups. So while I'm winning this league, remember I paid um, extra money to do it. So just remember that I'm on top of my game here. But when I go back to James Cook and I look at projections this year and I look at what they project rushing yards under 900 yards, that for my number one running back, that scares me. Mm-hmm. And I know that running backs nowadays are very multifaceted with um, their incorporation of the offense. Jameer Gibbs, they think he's going to be like like Deshaun Jackson this year. And every team's different. But for him to get value, it's going to be in the pass game. And when I'm looking at their projections, they have him projected at 44 targets. For me, if I'm rolling into the season and he's my number one running back, um, I see kind of mixed results in terms of his – efficiency in the rush game in the pass game with that offense i think they're going to score with or without him add damian harris now i just don't like it and i just don't like that being my my trojan horse as a running back team while i'm also following with miles sanders who you and i both know we hate the guy we we're not (laughs) excited about him he's gonna he's gonna kick us in the mouth and prove us wrong probably again this year but and come draft season, there's guys that I don't want to draft for my team. Miles Sanders is that guy. And then I also see on his on his running back for is J.K. Dobbins. J.K. I am surprised the guy's still able to walk. It's like mm-hmm. him and like Lonzo Ball. They probably have like cartilage for knees and and weird places. And and even the projections there, they have J.K. Dobbins with just one above James Cook, thousand yards. I'm I'm looking at my camera right now. If J.K. Dobbins runs for a thousand yards, I don't know what to do. I'll figure out something. Oh, that's a terrible um, thing. Um, we'll put it, we'll put this video on the Instagram, and you can comment, and I will take whatever suggestion that is reasonable. Top, top like suggestion, uh, Blake will do. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I agree. I think James Cook being the in the fourth round is extremely high, um, and only because looking at the other players that drafted around him. Uh, looking at someone like we've talked about this, how we're not fans of Damian Pierce, but I do think Damian Pierce is the guy that's getting 20 to 25 carries. I don't see James Cook getting that. We talked about how Kenneth Walker, we know that Zach Charbonnet is right behind him, but Kenneth Walker was amazing last year when he was healthy. Alexander Madison, there's not really anybody behind him either. So I can see Alexander Madison getting probably around the same amount of carries, maybe a little bit more, but being a little bit more of a red zone threat as well. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think James Cook in the fourth round was a good pick. I think that was a bit of a reach. Um, but also if you think about it, you know, the, the bills have, haven't been a running team with Josh Allen, except using really Josh Allen's leg. They had Devin Singletary, they had Zach Moss before flipping Zach Moss for James Cook. So 
I don't know. I, I don't think that was a good pick. And the rest of his running backs weren't really anything special. I know Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of carries uh, with Frank Reich being the head coach there. I don't know this stat exactly, but I do know that uh, Frank Reich's offenses usually are run heavy. So I can see him with a rookie quarterback. I do think Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of play. But O-line, I, I, they're not better than Philly O-line. So I don't know. I don't think any of these running backs really take a leap forward. I think they're all pretty much RB2s, if not RB3s, which is not really what you want to start a fantasy football season. Yeah. I. What about wide receivers, though? I yeah. uh, We did touch on Alave and Justin Jefferson. And, excuse me, I'm getting choked up here. Um, we look at top two wideouts. I personally don't think that he has a running back to fit that um, that flex spot. But what's your thought on Deontay Johnson? Because I, I kind of yeah, like him. I, I like Deontay Johnson. I think with a stable quarterback this time, uh, this year, I should say. Last year, it was you know Mason Rudolph for the first few weeks, and then it was somebody else. And then I think Kenny finally got his spot and decided to take off with it. But Kenny uh, looked good last year in situations, um, and I think they are going to be throwing the ball a little bit more than they had, um, especially since uh, instead of last year where I feel like they kind of tried to run the ball a lot. But I do like his wide receivers. Of course, you have Justin Jefferson, number one wideout. Chris Olave, of course, is very good. Deontay Johnson. But I do think there are some guys down here that he uh, took flyers on, such as Zay Flowers and Kadarius Toney, that if those guys can take off and they can be number one options for uh, when it comes to wide receivers. You're never going to supplant Travis Kelsey as a number one option for KC. But we do know that when Kadarius is healthy, he was someone that Mahomes went to a lot because he is excited. He's not Tyreek Hill. He will never be Tyreek Hill. But he is someone that can use his speed in that offense and, you know, grabs five to six catches for, you know, 80 to 90 yards and perhaps a touchdown. So we know that that offense um is a high scoring one baltimore has really changed their offense they you know they went away from their oc last year that was all about running and now they're going to have weapons such as zay flowers and odell um and another wide receiver the guy that's been there for a while um can't think of him off the top of my head but yeah rashad I do like bateman. His, yeah rashad bateman thanks um i do think their wide receivers are better and then you have michael thomas as a really really late round flyer it just depends on he if he stays healthy um Derek carr is probably the best quarterback that he's had since drew Brees. so i think there's a little bit of potential there probably nothing more than a flex spot for michael thomas this year as he's getting older but yeah the wide receivers are nice and I, but i do think that you know come week five week six i think that he does flip one of those receivers for a running back. All right, let's move on to the Wait, second pick. Hold and then... on. My prediction. I have oh, a prediction for Brian's me. team. Let's hear it. I'm sorry, Brian. Your team is not making the playoffs this year. Wow. Are you just going to go through every team or is that just like a big one? No, I think make? this is one that I see. And unless you make changes, I'm going to put a little bit of a disclaimer and ask there you go. Unless you make some changes, this team is not going to make the playoffs. I'm going to put a note down, Jake, that uh, you hate Brian's team. You hate yep. Cannon and you hate no, Brock. He's oh. the champion. Oh, okay. Brian is not. All right. I will redact that then. Oh, let's go to the second pick. Um, second pick of the draft went to our boy QB Sneaks. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the longest running names uh, when I was going through and doing like my little research. But uh, that's a shame. Shane, first pick, second overall, Chris McCaffrey. After that, he went CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Justin Fields. 
now I don't I hate the like monikers about like hero RB, but I do 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 like this team with Christian McCaffrey leading it, going wide receiver heavy. Justin Fields, I talked about in the last episode how important it is to get one of those top top five. I know it reached out to uh, Trevor Lawrence and and Justin Herbert, but mm-hmm. kind of that core five of just guys that are just going to run you 100 yards on any given Sunday. So picking up Justin Fields, which was kind of on the back end of that, was was, I think, very smart for him. And it really comes down to now, which – He's investing a lot in that New York Jets running back room by taking Brace Hall in the sixth and Dalvin Cook um, in the eighth. What what are your thoughts here? I know like the handcuff idea, but this is sure. a very unique handcuff. Well, it's unique, and I'm I'll touch on the Jets and then I'll touch on a little bit of the rest of his team. Now, Shane happened did have to auto draft uh, the later portion of his team because you can tell in his draft and his auto draft. After Dalvin Cook, he has no other running backs on his team. Nope. So you have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook splitting time. Both are very talented. I still think both, especially Brees Hall, has a lot in the tank. Uh, And I still think that Dalvin Cook does too. Um, Christian McCaffrey is one that is the most talented running back in football. We can only hope he stays healthy, but it is always an injury concern with him to be out for two to three weeks or maybe three to four weeks with some sort of pull, some sort of broken uh, bone in his body. So we're hoping that doesn't happen, but that's always something that could happen. Now, if that were to happen, a Shane is absolutely screwed with his team because without Christian McCaffrey, while his wide receivers are good and Justin Fields is talented, doesn't really have anything else besides that. Reese Hall and Dalvin cook, good handcuff, but there is not a clear cut winner in that race. Um, And I do think they're going to share it maybe 50, 50, maybe 60, 40 Delvin. And that's why he signed there. So I don't know. I I think the jets running back room is one of the most interesting storylines. I mean, the jets in general are are a very interesting storyline, but those two running backs, especially are extremely, it's going to be very interesting to see if they go with the hot hand, if they try to keep guys fresh for one week, the other week, and you kind of have to guess who's going to have the week. If I remember correctly last year, Shane had, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert um, for a good portion of the season. And there were weeks where Shane started David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert went off. And then there were weeks where Shane started Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery sat and David Montgomery went off. And then I think there was a week where he played both and they both stunk up the place. So he's going to have to do this once again and try to figure out what to do. And that's just not a good spot to be in. I will say though, um, not major, not major changes in that team, obviously with no duh with Aaron Rodgers coming on the board, but in terms of like their interior line and um, their interior line, they were a decent pass pass blocking team, run blocking team. I know from experience uh, watching Aaron Rodgers, how much he, um, he kind of does thrive in a in an offense that is predicated on the run. You look at Aaron Jones, you look at the two horseback that he was able mm-hmm. to kind of proliferate with Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon. Both of those running backs were actually involved in the past game as well. I I think there's I think this would be a, a perfect world um, for any running back duo to be mm-hmm. on this team because I definitely think there's a big piece of the pie in the running game. But like you mentioned. Um, with this tandem, I think they're both Brees Hall. 
obviously given the injury that he had um, heading into the season and that he experienced last season, he's on, he seems like a guy that if he can put a full, a full resume on tape for a full season, that he could be a guy that could creep into that like first round pick mm-hmm. next year. Dalvin mm-hmm. cook's done it too. He's walking into a situation literally almost kind of makes me feel like Aaron Jones in this. And like, in terms of the build, the, 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 where he is off the ball, being able to be in the past game, you have two just like budding top running backs on this team. And like you mentioned, I don't, I think it's an ideal situation. I think if he was, if this group was on maybe any other team, I would be, I would be obviously more apprehensive. I still am apprehensive, but I've seen this with Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. I can envision a world where both are going to get involved. And when I look at the wide receiver room for the jets as well with, with Garrett Wilson, obviously being top dog, I, I can, I almost weirdly, I could imagine a world where, um, like Dalvin cooks spread out wide in, in like in a passing formation or even on the line or like being used. Cause he did run block or he did pass block pretty well. Like with a lot of chip blocks, I can see a world they're both on the field and maybe one's lined up in normal formation right at the side of Aaron and the other ones out wide. I don't, there's not a lot of like, Wideouts that I really see on the team, I, I think they're go, going to get involved, and I think having having one of them, especially with Brees Hall really feeling the injury going into Week One, I I would feel kind of confident going with Dalvin Cook um, going into Week One. But as progress and we see how the the room shakes out, you, he just needs to hope one separates just a little bit, just a little bit. But sure. you never know. But that's just a question you're going to get and. Like you mentioned, the auto picks kind of kind of killed him. I would I would love to get his opinion and see, um, and see what differences he would have made to his team given the situation that it put himself in, mm-hmm. having two Jets running backs. If he would have made any difference, um, I, yeah, I'm kind of glancing. Go ahead. Let me touch on that. Well, first, I want to say that I do think the Jets wide receiver room is kind of deep. I, I think okay. having Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard. They also picked up McCole Hardman, who's a speedster. I don't like any have, of those guys. They also have Randall Cobb, who knows oh, Aaron Rodgers very well. Get, get out of here I, with I that. I cannot see Dalvin Cook lining up in the slot and you know doing routes while while Brees Hall is the running back. And but that's that's the issue I think with the Shane's team is that he's going to have to play one of those guys, only one yeah. of those guys. He's not ever going to play two. So now you have to guess which one is going to be the clear cut number one. Because he has three good wide receivers that need to play every week. Yep. We'll touch yep. on that really quick before I, I say this last point, or we'll touch on it after I say this last point, is that in the seventh, no, sorry, the ninth round, Shane, and I don't know if this was auto-draft, um, but he picked Dak Prescott in the ninth round after already picking up Justin Fields. Now, some running backs that were after that, which would have been, I think, good backup running backs, Isaiah Pacheco, Khalil Herbert, Raheem Mostert, um, Jamal Williams, mm-hmm. Zach Charbonnet, right? Like those are guys I feel like you can keep on your bench instead yeah. of a backup quarterback. But like I said, we're not sure if that was picked by Shane um, or the, um, the auto drafts. Yeah. But I do feel like there were options at that, at that space at that time for him to at least get someone on the bench as well. 
Yeah, and then you wanted to touch real quick on the yeah, on the just wide real quick out. on his wideouts. He has good wideouts with CD. I had CD for a good portion last year. CD, I think, is going to have a similar year this year. I know that they're changing up offenses, but I still think that he's going to have a good um, year. I know Brandon Cooks is there, and I think Brandon Cooks is going to have a better year, of course, than he did last year. That which might take away. Uh, yeah, he's going to have to start his streak all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think CD's going to have a good year. I don't know if AJ Brown's going to have a better year than he did last year. AJ Brown had a great year last year. Um, yeah. But I still think that he's a very solid wide receiver too. Maybe one of the best in the league. And then Keenan, as a Chargers fan, Keenan just has to stay healthy. And you have a very good flex play in Keenan Allen. Um, he's going to get more opportunities this year. He's going to score more touchdowns. He's going to get, I would say, between 900 to 1,000 yards if he can stay healthy. Uh, they're yeah. going to feed him. He is still a very, very, very good route runner. And I think they're going to do a lot better in the red zone this year, which is just going to be very beneficial for Keenan Allen. All right, let's move on to the third team. Third uh, third pick in the draft went to House Targaryen. Oh, boy. That is my girl, Steph. Oh, God. Steph started out with Austin Eckler, then went you to Patrick I'm just going to get this prediction out of the yeah. way. Steph, you're not let's making go. the playoffs, too. Done. Wow. Sorry, Steph. I, I love you. And you're always usually right there. Your season is already starting out rough. Absolutely rough. Steph, look me in the eyes. You will make the playoffs this year. And you can take that to the bank. I don't know why I'm saying take that to the bank now. It's my new thing. But no, I like your team. I mean, obviously reports coming out with Cooper Cup not playing week one. I think it was a foregone conclusion the way that 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 dialogue has progressed. Um, throughout this, um, I keep seeing different reports that 100% out week one. We're not sure about week two. Week three seems like the target spot for them. I, They're I not going to be. He's, he's most likely going to go on IR, which is four weeks. Wow. I yeah. didn't see any of that. Okay. End of the day, when I left the draft, and to be fair, this analysis on my perception on how the draft went is probably skewed because I had dabbled in some nefarious liquor and substances. So, <laughs> but still at that time, taking Cooper Cup in the third round is still not that bad. Sure. Even if he is coming back for is even if he is going to come back in the fourth round. Um, Eckler, Mahomes, Ramondre Stevenson, Jake, you gotta like that. Come on. I, uh, the reason why I don't like Steph's team is because I would not have picked Austin Eckler third overall. Um, I, I think J- Jamar Chase is a far better option. Yeah. Um, and then who was four? Uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, I would have rather take Tyreek Hill than Austin Eckler. Um, Austin Eckler is not a good runner. He does not run a lot. He catches the ball, of course. But I think the Chargers have much more weapons this year and a better overall offense and flow where Austin Eckler, and I said this last year, and then of course he proved me wrong. Yep. I don't think it's hard to have a better year than Austin Eckler had last year. Austin Eckler was the best running back in fantasy football along with Josh Jacobs. And that's why Trey won the championship last year. Yep. But Austin Eckler to try and get above that potential. I'm pretty sure Austin Eckler went fifth or sixth last year. Um, yep. And I, I could be wrong. I, maybe Trey drafted him super, super high. Um, but Austin Eckler, I want to make sure that I'm, oh, he was number three last year. So right where he was picked this year, which was a great pick. I just don't see it. I don't see it with him this year. There was a lot of concern with him and not getting paid and wanting a trade. Um, and I don't know. I, I do think, I do think his yards rushing are going to go up because I think they're going to try to establish the run a lot more. 
Yeah. And they have a healthier O-line last year with losing Rashawn Slater as their left tackle for, you know, 80% of the season was a huge hit. Um, but Austin Eckler, I don't know. I would rather have had Jamar Chase in that position. I think if you go Jamar Chase, Patrick Mahomes, and then a running back right there at 23, like a Jameer Gibbs, then I think you're looking at a team that has potential. But I just don't see it. And then it's already starting out Patrick Mahomes with with an injured Travis Kelsey. That shouldn't be too long of an injury. No, yeah. But Patrick Mahomes in the second round, I, I, I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's really good. I just, I don't know. Taking a quarterback that early too, you just never know with certain things. Um, I just don't think she has a lot of depth too on her team. Um, DJ Moore is someone that I'm kind of indecisive about. I like Justin Fields' legs. That guy can barely throw a football. Yeah, um, I, so, no, I'm not big. Yeah, and We've talked about Damian Pierce and how we don't think he's that great, but you know, he's your third. He's, I guess he's going to be your flex with DJ Moore. I don't know. There's just a lot of uncertainty with this team. And I don't see a lot of like boom plays. Uh, Quentin Johnson to me is someone that I think is a year away from really going off. Yeah. Josh, Josh Palmer has a better case to me. I think Josh Palmer is going to have a better year than Quentin Johnson. Okay. Um, there's just some guys on there like Antonio Gibson. Like, what are you getting out of him? Probably nothing much. Maybe Jahan Dotson is, is a good. Yeah. That's play. who I was. That's what yeah. I was going to step in and say that I think. I think the what we're getting out of that that Washington uh, Commanders like base is that there's a strong push for Jahan Dotson being the number one wideout over yes. Gary Terry, and if that is even the case, then I think I think there's a potential at that eighth or the ninth round uh, her nabbing and Scary Terry Scary Terry and that team is is always kind of a mystery. That Washington team they play in a tough division. They're playing the Cowboys. They're playing the Giants. Giants are eh, but uh, and then the Eagles. So they're they're constantly they're constantly six games out of the year. They're gonna be um, they're gonna be an underdog. They're gonna be catching up. Uh, the move at quarterback, um, Sam. Uh, I don't even want to attempt his name because I don't want to butcher Sam it. Howell. Okay, I had it. Gosh darn it! I'm <laughs> I'm still scared of the uh, the Gene Autry. D- Gene Autry one. Now I'm scared to like trust myself. But so far preseason preseason means absolutely nothing. But we look at statistics on uh, Sam Howell during the preseason. He looks pretty efficient. It looks like he's got a pretty good grasp of that, of that, of that locker room of that team. And I think there is definite, um, definite potential with John Dotson and getting him in the ninth. I think he could definitely push or probably be more productive than DJ Moore. So whatever slight that you have on DJ Moore in the sixth round, Essentially, I believe that you can almost flip flop those guys and you can get six round value mm-hmm. out of Jahan Dotson, which I think that would be a win for her. Let's face it. Your your first eight picks, I would say maybe three or four of them are going to almost going to suck. Like, you don't you win the league if you're if you're hammering just those big guys. Injuries happen um, or they don't perform or whatever. I like Jahan Dotson. Um, you mentioned with Eckler, just as a reference, PFF has, um, in terms of projections for this upcoming year, Austin Eckler, um, edging out Jamar chase just by one point, it's ranking it by, um, running backs, wide receivers, and then it goes into quarterbacks and, um, just quick, cause you kind of touched on the chargers, but projection wise, what they have it, let me know what you think they're averaging on the ground Eckler at 900 yards, um, anywhere from seven, to eight touchdowns on the ground. And 581 catches and a close to 600 yards receiving with about four. 
does that sound about right to you? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, like, complete stats. Let me look at what he had last year. He okay, had, well, you look that up and oh, then just chime right in. Here. So he had 915 rushing yards. He's had back-to-back 900 rushing yard um, yeah. okay. years, which I think is pretty much around there. He had 13 rushing touchdowns last year. Which that's going to take a step back. Before. And I think a lot of the reasons why they – he got rushing touchdowns. They weren't long runs. I can only think no. of one long run. I think it was against the Rams where he scored a touchdown. Uh, it was a 72-yard rush for a touchdown. Now, yep. those don't happen that often for him. The nope. longest one before that rushing touchdown was back in 2018. It was 41 yards. So yeah. he doesn't run for distance. He is inside the five-yard line rusher. Now, the Chargers won all the worst red zone offenses last year. They could not score touchdowns. Austin Eckler was literally the only reason why they scored any touchdowns. You bring in an offensive coordinator that is one of the best red zone offensive uh, offensive coordinators. I think Herbert is going to throw a lot more. I also think Herbert's going to run a lot more. He's a big dude that has legs. So I do think that's going to take away from the Austin Eckler. Now, his receiving, he had 700 receiving uh, yards and he had 107 receptions. They dumped off to him so many times because they were playing these random guys that are no longer on the team. I remember one week last year, it was their uh, DeAndre Carter, Michael Bandy, and Josh Palmer. Those were oh, the three Bandy. starting. I love those days. Three starting wide receivers. That two of them, I don't even know if they're in the league anymore. And then you have Josh Palmer. Now they drafted, of course, Quentin Johnston. They drafted a wide receiver that's going to be their punt returner in. Uh, Darius Davis, um, that is very fast, and there's going to be end arounds. You know, this is offense that's going to take a huge step forward. So, I don't know. I, I like Austin Eckler. He's a good dude. I think he's still a very, very good player. I'm just not high on him this season. All right. Well, anything else with Hal Shardigarian? I I'm going to look at the camera one more time. Steph, you are worth it, and you are going to make the playoffs. That was not great, but whatever. Um. I'm going to cut you off because I want to move on to the next team. We have our fourth pick. We got the champ, Jake mm-hmm. Notorious, fourth overall. He went with Tyreek Hill after that. He went with Josh Jacobs. Yep. And then he went with, and then he uh, ended his last three picks with Josh Allen, TJ Hawkinson, and Christian Watson. I'm going to say it right now. Oh, now this is complete hyper hyperbolic or boil hyperbolic. or whatever. Um, no, I don't think hyperbole is the word, but it further cements my belief in this player due to the injury to Travis Kelsey. TJ Hawkinson is going to be the number one tight end in fantasy football. Hands down. I absolutely love his pick at four. Um, I want to see where Mark Andrews went before. I believe Phil made that pick. I wonder if it was in the same round, but I I love TJ Hawkinson in this offense. I, I love it almost even more as they went out and they got Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. just literally stretching that field as wide as you possibly can get it just to get everything underneath with TJ, especially, especially in the red zone. That's where he was most efi- efficient. Obviously with every tight end, there's boomer busts, but I think there's like this national sentiment among like the fantasy football community that blind test without looking at anything. When he went over to Minnesota, he was absolutely phenomenal. We can look mm-hmm. at the stats and there, and there's probably spike weeks just like every tight end, but 
I'm so high on TJ Hawkinson that I I think the way that he set up his team, pretty balanced. Trey always likes to fill out his starting lineup like early and often. Mm -hmm. I think a little too early with the Steelers defense, which definitely they're going to eat. They're the TJ Watt. Hopefully he's healthy. He's going to just create a lot of havoc, maybe pick up some fumbles and so on and so forth. I think as always, he kind of shoots himself in the foot with that. But if you look at a starting lineup with, with, with Christian Watson, who, I think and we'll go over uh, when we get to the Bucky's bets and we get to Blake's underdog. I have uh, I have a sneaky feeling about one team and Green Bay. Everyone thinks now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, Green Bay is just going to fall off a cliff. They may, in terms of just offensive output, we don't know what we're going to uh, what we're going to get out of Jordan Love. But all projections show that that offensive line is still one of the best in football. They're going to be protected. It's all going to come down to Jordan Love. And I, when I like had this fever dream about what Jordan what Jordan Love was last year, I keep going back to this one catch Christian Watson had where it was like, I don't even remember who they played. Was it the Lions or whatever? And it was the easiest route. It was just like 10 yards, cut in, hit Christian Watson. Christian Watson was speed. It was like a 50-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, Jordan Love's here, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's start the Jordan Love. But I'm... I'm I'm pretty optimistic about Christian Watson. I think why I like his team is because guys that I would have loved to have kind of later in terms of like Christian Watson and TJ Hawkinson that maybe not be getting all the love of like top two or top three wideouts or whatever, not overall, but just like guys that you want to fill out your team. I think he hit on those guys in particular. I understand what you're saying. But as you were talking, <laughs> as you were talking, you couldn't be more wrong. Okay, um, I love it. Let's TJ hear it. Hawkinson last year when he was acquired had one week with the Minnesota yeah. Vikings over Hell thirteen yeah. points, and that was I it. love it. He only had one week where he scored more than thirteen, and that was that boom week that he had with twenty nine points against the Giants. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because one you didn't even touch on: George Kittle is the better tight end. George Kittle was picked down in the seventh round. If you look at George Kittle's stats last year with Brock Purdy, they are damn good. Yep. Um, he had the last uh, nine weeks of the season, he had one, two, three, four, five. Five weeks over 10 points, four of those out of those five over uh, 16 points. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why, and I get it. I was actually hoping George Kittle was going to fall to me. Um, in that round, you mean TJ? No, I was hoping George Kittle was going to fall. Oh, in the you seventh. said okay because okay. TJ is someone that I think you could have gotten somebody else in that round. Now I understand that Trey didn't think maybe perhaps George Kittle was going to be there, and that's why he drafted George Kittle as well. I like TJ Hawkinson. I agree. I think there are four tight ends that are way above everyone else, and Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, and Kittle. But picking TJ Hawkinson in more chests hoping that something happens instead of actually looking at the stats. I don't agree with that pick in that spot. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are some other players around those that, that round that he could pro, pro, could have perhaps picked, you know, getting a Keenan Allen or perhaps any, I mean, I don't know. There's other running backs there. There are other wide receivers available um, that I think if, you know, if you're looking at George Kittle later on, 
and you're hoping that you can grab him, then you could have grabbed him in, you know, the fifth round or the sixth round instead. So I, it's, it's hard to, you know, say that Trey did something incorrectly because he is a back-to-back champ. But that's a pick that I just kind of scratched my head. But we've done that with Trey before. We scratch our, we scratch our heads at times with Trey's teams. Um, Christian Watson, we'll see. I, I, I understand why he was picked because he is the number one wide receiver there. But that's once again, we see one play one week and we hope that's what's going to happen over the course of the season. For me personally, I like consistency. Um, one guy that I do think that it was consistently good last year, not great, but there's no one behind him is that sixth round pick in Rashad White. There's no one behind him in Tampa Bay. Um, he is someone that catches the ball. He is someone that's going to run the ball. Now, do they have a good O-line? No, not really. They, they've lost a couple guys. Don't think they're going to be great up front. But I do think Rashad White has potential to um, be a pretty solid running back too. Do I think that he's going to be Josh Jacobs or he's going to be his Josh Jacobs last year? No, but I do think Rashad White has a good uh, value for an RB2 in that position. Isaiah Pacheco is another one where I think is a good backup to have, but you're right. I mean, also like you drafted three defenses. Um, you got to love it. And that's just Trey. That's what's what Trey does. I'm surprised he didn't draft two kickers. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, this I, I have no predictions for Trey's team. I still think having someone like Tyreek, Josh Jacobs, and Josh Allen, those three are really good, like a three-headed monster. And it's a, it's a basically each position has like a number one to number three kind of potential um, positional ranks. Um, so yeah, I think I think a good team for Trey. Um, I would be surprised. I'd be shocked if this team goes back and wins this year, though. Do you have any team making the playoffs or like I never said Trey wasn't going to make the playoffs. It's just such a hater. No, I'm uh, just saying I'd be shocked if this team wins the title. TJ Hawkinson was second at all tight ends with 123 targets, had 30 targets, red zone targets. He's only going to get better. And there's plenty of stats here that I'm looking at that prove your point. So we're going to move on to the fifth round. I don't want to talk about it. Just not my forte. Uh, yes, not not the podcasting is not my forte. We're actually talking about Phil's team, which is just not my forte. Now, I will say. I, I feel like I pick on Phil, but I'm going to have to do it again. This team name was created by me. I told him <laughs> this team name. It's also he just not relevant to any like thing in the last five years. Well. Was was Matt Forte. I guess he hadn't he has he hasn't played in the last five years. I don't think so. It's been a long time since Matt Forte played football. Anyways, uh, speaking of it has been a while, Phil's looking to get back into the playoffs this year, hopefully. And he's gonna start it. Now I will say I, we Jake and I drafted with Phil. Phil was very happy about this draft. He there was some beam, there was some pep in a step. You should have heard the guy fist pump. When he landed Sam Laporta in the 14th round, <laughs> and I saw a note that he has already dropped Sam yeah, Laporta. He has. Sam so, Laporta, if you're looking for a tight end, which I think I am, um, yeah, then uh, Sam Laporta is your guy. But yeah, Phil, but, Phil uh, we, both you and I had Sam Laporta as like a sneaky sleeper who, honestly, Sam Laporta could be just a terrible like player this year. We have no idea. Yeah. But when he heard that, Two picks oh, later, it was, oh, yeah, Sam Laporta. I had him as my tight end. 
Um, so yeah, class, classic Phil. Um, speaking of Sam Laporta and speaking of what team he plays on, I'm noticing a big trend here. Um, Phil's all in on Detroit Lions offense uh, with the second and third pick being Amon Ra, St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs. We talked a little bit about Jameer Gibbs. I did about how they are. Th- the world is projecting him to be like this, like punt returner, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which personally, when I hear that, all I think about is all I think about is how convoluted this running back room was last year mm-hmm. and how I don't want to be left at the dance with the wrong running back. And I, I can't imagine that happening again this year with Jameer Gibbs because I just can't imagine it happening again. Cause I felt so ridiculous last year, mm-hmm. but from all regards about his influence in the offense for most people, I would say and it's probably the right opinion you got to be excited about it because he'll be able to score in a, it sounds like in a mul- multitude of different ways but i swear if i see on thursday uh the chiefs kicking off the ball to the giant if or to the to the lions if i see jameer gibbs back there or if he's returning punts i'm going to die it's going to be hilarious because i can see that with this team but uh jamar why, chase why, is number 1 but why would that be an issue because I don't want my star guys returning punts. I I, I just don't. I don't you want. You might not be old enough for then Tyreek Hill to be returning punts while also playing wide receiver for the Chiefs. I I don't. I'm not old enough. Look, yes, look, Jake. Sorry. Look, look in, like infatuate like those speed guys, those exciting players. You have to get them on the football field. I get it for like injury purposes, and you don't want them to get hurt. But to win games. Like Jameer Gibbs, there's a reason why he was picked, what, 12th overall while being like a second round grade or not a grade, second round like evaluation kind of thing. He is very exciting. And he is someone that like, I do think that he is going to be used all over the field. He's going to be returning punts. He's going to be lined up in the slot running routes. This guy was a stud at Alabama, an absolute stud. I know you're a big college football fan, so I know that you know how good he was at Alabama. Um, but he is he is going to be someone now is that going to translate into fantasy football stats and like you know points it remains to be seen but he is exactly going to be- like that's what i don't want like i i don't i don't care about whatever whatever he's going to do i don't care about punt return do, do we i don't even know do i get points if if i had him on my team i believe and it's they kick- the lions defense slash special teams because that would be considered special team. okay does phil have that team uh no he doesn't he has commander so who cares i don't that's what i don't want i don't and i know i you give me the tyreek hill sentiment and i get it this is a fantasy football podcast i i have to be inherently selfish here i don't want my third round pick to be and we don't even know i'm not i'm not in detroit line camp reporting that mm-hmm. he's going to be a punt returner but i um when i just hear he's going to be used all over the field i just i don't know something about me maybe it's this old soul that i have <laughs> that i just want my running backs to be lined up in a eye formation yeah just uh, look paul bryant like we don't need like that that's gone that is out the window that, yeah. that that kind of thinking is is out here. I get it. I get in the sense of fantasy football that me- that totally makes sense. You don't want yeah. your guy to be back there because you're not getting the points for it. So I understand that. I just know that 
the guys that have that talent seem to be pretty damn good and they go off. I believe Jamar Chase was another one that returned punts and played wide receiver. So it might just be a wide receiver thing, but I mean, he had an incredible rookie year. He won rookie of the year while doing both. So I don't know. I think when you have that kind of talent, that is going to translate to the offensive side of the ball. Um, And actually one thing that I was thinking of while you're talking about Jameer is that this is kind of similar to me to when they had Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram in the backfield. Um, And so I looked this up because I wanted to see his stats, Mark Ingram, and we can compare David Montgomery, I think to Mark Ingram to that, to an extent Um, Mark Ingram, while Alvin Kamara was in the backfield, he had two years over a thousand yards rushing. Wow. And Alvin Kamara was still going off. It wasn't like he was not a good running back and um, he was still having a very good year. So yeah, I think as a wide re- as a running back one, I think there's a little bit of concern. Uh, I I would have I would love Jameer Gibbs as my RB two, but as an RB one, I do think there's a little bit cause for concern for that. Yeah, and I and I do like I do like offensive pieces in that division with the pack like Packers sure. defense. Bears defense um, is not what it used to be. No, and Minnesota's defense, defense is not great is either. Trash. Yeah. So I I'm fine. I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about that. I'm not worried about Amon Ross St. Brown. Not one bit. Just I mean, I think that's going to be, machine. he's just going to catch a million balls. Yeah. And I just, I just, and maybe we needed to sit on the therapy couch. I had to express that. You sounds like you're talking me off the cliff. I just, that's just something that I've always held to me, but we look at kind of the, the depth and pieces. I believe the last quarterback that I really, really wanted, I wanted one of those top guys. Like I mentioned um law dog is what phil calls him <laughs> i think it's a great pick um I'm not gonna, I'm, i will not say my recommended team name to phil as it is explicit if you would like the team name you can text me and i will text it to you uh, yeah. but i think phil should go with that team name um regarding law dog uh then it's just not my forte we we talked about in the first episode over under handcuffs that flew over. <laughs> I was Absolutely. looking at this and he did not pick a wide receiver after week or sorry, round eight. Um, yes. and there's three, four, there's five running backs there. There's there's three spots to play running backs. Yes. So I once again, it's just questionable decisions. And last week you swore Phil was going to change his draft strategy because it hasn't listened worked to no one, which you are correct. It hasn't worked, but Holy shit. He has uh three, six, eight running backs while he can only play three. And he's not known to really trade. He's very stingy on his trades. He doesn't like to trade. He feels like he's always, he doesn't want to get the short end of the stick. So he's just he stands with his team. Um, yeah. Uh, there's nothing else much to say about that. Nothing much else to say. Uh, I I don't I I, I want to say that he's last place because odds are <laughs> with his thirty and sixty no thirty and fifty lifetime record odds are that he's gonna be back at the cellar. But look, and I, I, mean, I think there are some guys on there that perhaps could you know contribute. Like we don't know what we're getting out of Javante Williams, who has or Kenneth Walker. Or I Kenneth mean, both Walker, of those are, or you know. I don't know, Tank Bigsby, uh, Deion Jackson starting for the first four weeks until maybe some of those other guys like Zach Moss or somebody else that's hurt. They have a back. young guy. Yeah, I will so say, like, though, with his handcuffs this year, I feel like a lot of times he has handcuffs that, like, if the main guy goes out, they're going to go and trade for someone that can, that's going to handle the bulk of the running. Like, sure. if, if Kenneth Walker goes out, 
um, Charbonnet, it will walk right in and be a three down back. Yeah, but no that's doubt the, about but it. That's the only guy. That's like Deion Jackson is okay. not, but like Jared yeah, McKinnon, yeah. you know, he doesn't have Travis Etienne. He doesn't have uh, Deonta Foreman, who we both liked. He doesn't have Samaji P. Ryan, right? Like, I don't know. It's just classic Phil. I think Phil. Tank, yeah, I, it's classic Phil. There's not much to really say. I, you just have to play it out with Phil. Mm-hmm. Phil had every chance to make the playoffs last year and literally stumbled all the way down to last place. So, He's a mystery, just like Trey. Mm-hmm. That's just something you just got to deal with. Going to the sixth pick, we had Hot hot Chub, Time Machine. That was different than before. Um, Phillips is a classic, names his team after his mm-hmm. player. You got to like it. I love the creativity. First pick, Travis Kelsey. Oof. Um, Nick well, Chubb. Look, yes. I, I don't think it's oof to the pick. It's definitely no. oof to the injury because yes, I like Travis Kelsey. He is, I think, worthy of a top six pick. Um, and I think that he is plug and play. You'll never have to worry about him. And then, of course, now you have to worry about him. Yeah. And he backed him up with uh, Greg Dulich. I love that text mm-hmm. that he sent out in our thing. But, uh, but besides that, Chubb, Metcalf, Ridley, Herbert. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I I don't know how that uh, Seattle wide receiver room is going to shake out with sure. the addition of I'm not oh, I'm boy. will Jackson, not attempt his Smith and Jigba. Najigba. There you go. I say that right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I still don't know. Najigba is definitely. They just said that he will be playing uh, yes. this Sunday very, against very the Rams. Talented wide receiver. Top wide and, receiver taken in this draft. And that. And really, I I hate doing it because he proved us all wrong last year. But it's still Geno Smith, and sure. we I just I I have no idea what that offense is going to be. That's going to be yeah. a very exciting offense of just uh, a mixture of got, like DK who has just proven it year after year being one of the top. Unless he's going up against Jalen Ramsey, then he sucks. But <laughs> year he after year, have to proven, worry about that. No, he doesn't. Um, just being the set it forget it wide receiver mm-hmm. and. With with the right pieces, with a Geno Smith that he had last year, reintroducing himself in that class of the top wideouts in the in the league, Calvin Ridley is the biggest mystery, which I'm so excited for. I yes. wish I had Calvin Ridley on my team. Yep. Because when I think Calvin Ridley, I think about just how filthy he was with Atlanta. And he was trying to remember the timeline but he was on the downtrend of matt ryan and i believe mm-hmm. julio was still on the team then mm-hmm. but he's still you could see even with oh the, Calvin ridley is one of the most exciting wide receivers uh, in football. oh I, His I route running I, is absolutely flawless yep yep and i think he's with the perfect team that sure. has not only the quarterback's great he he proved it last year um, that he can take a next step. They they invested it with him with a top end guy like Calvin Ridley. The, the other wide receiver pieces around them are so multifaceted that I feel like I just feel like it's the perfect spot for him. And there's really not much analysis that I really have on him because it's been a while since I've even seen him on the field. But all I know, like you've said, and I've said multiple, multiple I'm just excited. I cannot wait to see that first game in him out on the field and see that Jag scene, because that's a division that I, that besides the, the, those pesky uh, Titans, they should, they should roll through. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be 
that big of a nail biter getting into the playoffs this year as it was last year. I definitely can see a big step forward with this Jags team. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with then solidifying that ru- that running back room like we just talked about with ETN and Tank Bigsby. It starts with guys like Calvin Ridley. It's really just comes down to that defense that I mean they were good last year. They weren't great, but they were they, they weren't were, great. They were I mean, average. we're all we're all prisoner of the moment and I the first thing I think about is just that that Chargers game in that first half. But hey, look, they shut out the Chargers in the break. second half. They and don't break zero points. Yeah, but I yeah, I'm just I, excited about Calvin Ridley. I like his I like his wide receivers. Travis Kelsey healthy back hopefully next week. Hopefully that's good. And my last note, and I'm gonna let you go for it. I am so down on Cam Akers that I've just <laughs> I've that I'm as down as yes. as anyone can be down on Cam Akers, and not only for. Not only for me as a Rams fan, but also me as, and I hate talking about other fantasy football leagues, but I ended up with Cam Akers, even though I swore I would never draft the guy. <laughs> I, I'm i hoping, because I feel like I hear a lot of positive sentiment about Cam Akers and mm-hmm. the running back situation that's with the Rams this year. And if he could be anything more than how little I think of him, it's a, it's a, it's, I love the way that he did the draft uh, with Phillips. Okay. I, I will say this. I think Phillips's top five picks are the best in our league. I think Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb, DK, Calvin, and Justin Herbert, those first five out of any other team's first five, I think those are the best five picks um, to start a draft. After that, I do not like this team. I do not think that they have a lot of depth. I think this team is going to make the playoffs. I think Phillips is going to be right there. To trust Cam Akers, Brian Robinson, and Raheem Mostert to fill an RB2 spot because it's Nick Chubb, and then it's a huge question mark after that. So we need to try to figure out what to do in that spot, and perhaps he, you know, perhaps DeAndre Hopkins is good. That is a huge question mark, too. He's kind of banking on DeAndre Hopkins to be that flex. Which that sucks. is, you know, that's a tough spot to be in. Sky Moore, Elijah, uh, uh, Elijah Moore. Um, I will say Terry McLaurin in the 12th. We talked about Terry with Jahan Dotson. Terry McLaurin was a top 15 wide receiver last year in our league. To yeah. get him in the 12th round, now I think he dropped a, pretty far because he has some injury concerns. Yeah, it's like a turf toe thing that he can't shake. Sure, and, but that's, I, I don't know. I, I think that's that's good value. I think having him on your bench and then, you know, if he does go off in the, for a couple weeks, then perhaps he can, uh, you know, he can blow up. Um, so I, I think that there are there are some very good pieces here. I just am not sure if it's going to last the entire season. I can see Phillips being a couple games over 500 and sneaking into like the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth seed. Well, let's move on to Sam. Sam was the seventh pick. Stefan Diggs, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow. Holy moly. She thinks the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be the greatest show on turf. She always does. She always does. Um, I'm looking through the team. T. Higgins seems like a regular uh, Brandon Cooks is a regular. She loves herself. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks, uh, Brandon Ayuk. I feel like that's also no. Um, I, Nick had him last year. I had him for a okay. portion of the year. But I there's say, one guy. There is one guy that we know that's a regular. well. Kirk, Captain Kirk Cousins. Every that's year. is every, every year. Every year, and not the same player, but the same. I would say mold and um, description. Big pasty white tight end. <laughs> 
Pat Fryer move. I think believe last year she had TJ. Mm-hmm. Um, it's same old, same old. There, I mean, there's I, it's it's the same situation. It's I've seen you you see teams either live and die by going with the hot offense. Either you're you're if you got Travis Kelsey, you're looking for Mahomes. If you got uh, I mean, in this situation, you got Joe Burrow. You want um, you want to make sure you get Jamar Chase, but she didn't hit the top pick. But investing in a in an offense that has so many key pieces, it's the we talk about boomer bust players. Mm-hmm. This is the ultimate boomer bust team, don't you sure. think? Yeah, I, I I will say this: I like Sam's team. I think Sam has a good team. I think she is one that will make the playoffs um, and kind of be right in the middle of the pack. Maybe even sneak in as a top uh, two spots. Fully because I think she has good depth. Um, I really like having Cooks and Ayuk in the sixth and the seventh round. Even a David Montgomery, who at times will be that goal line back, similar to a Jamal Williams last year um, in round number eight. Having Pat Fryermuth, who we saw Kenny Pickett have a good relationship with. Um, yeah, I think this team is good. Um, it is a little concerning to have three Cincinnati Bengal players because... If they, for some whatever reason it is, have one off week, you're most likely not going to win. Um, but I think in general, I think even having an Alexander Madison, for some reason, I feel like a lot of people aren't high on him. I think yeah, he finishes. I, don't get it. I think he finishes as a top 15 running back this year, um, which is completely fine. Which getting is great in the, in the fifth, fifth round. round. Yeah. So I, I think he is a good RB two to have, and he, like I said, she also has David Montgomery, who I think can be a low end running back two or even sometimes a flex play. So I like it. I think she has a solid like one through nine round. Like those picks were very, very good one through nine. Um, and she has Dallas Cowboys defense. who I think is one of the best defenses in the NFL. So I like the team. I, the only thing I'll say real quick, stop telling me that David Montgomery is the new Jamal Williams. Just shut up. Why I hear that, that every, all. Oh, He's not going to score 17 rushing touchdowns. Everyone thinks, oh, I, yes, similar similar mold. David Montgomery, when healthy on that Bears team, was a monster. Like, yeah. he definitely can be a, like a bell cow. He definitely can run 25 times. He's going to be successful for Detroit. But I just hate this. I, I hear it all the time. I hate this. Well, Jamal Williams played for the for the Lions, and he was the best running. I just, just I, what Jamal Williams did was an absolute anomaly last year. So, Nothing against whatever you said or anything. Just wanted to get get it out there in this audio medium. All right, let's go to pick eight. <laughs> uh, pick I, I, eight. Can, I can go. I can go back at that, but we're gonna move yeah, on. Yeah, we, well, let's move on. Pick eight. We're getting into where the part of the draft where since you, me, you, Phil, and Nick all drafted get together, mm-hmm. we got the eight, nine, ten spot. Eighth pick was Run Runners, Ronnie B. Does he know that Devontae Adams no longer plays for the Packers? Did we ever figure that out? We had to. uh, Yeah, he he knows, and he saw how good Devontae Adams was last year. Devontae Adams is an absolute stud, and he was someone that, that, you know, there were question marks going into last year, how he would do. And he surpassed those question marks, passed him with flying colors, almost reached his – his yards from the year prior, which is his highest in his career. He had 14 touchdowns last year and 1500 yards. Now, once yeah. again, we don't know. There's a question mark. We have no idea how Jimmy G is going to be. We also don't know if Jimmy G can stay healthy throughout the entire season. So 
there is that. But Devontae is a great player, and I don't think there are, are any issues when it comes to picking him at number eight. No, I don't think there's any issues, and I and I hope I didn't um, communicate that. But it's just it's always funny whether we talked about current former Packers. I mm-hmm. believe the under hit the under on did. that just Devonte Adams. So it was one the and a half pick, and then he didn't pick a. Packer he was just like I'm over a, it. A, a former Packer. The rest and we didn't of the communicate life. that to them. We didn't no, so with Phil or Nick. Yeah, all of these things, Brian, <laughs> Phil, Nick, we did not communicate a single thing. I, I think Unless you went over to the pot. three, and I think I went three and oh. That's pretty typical. That means I'm due. Um, real, like Looking at his team mm-hmm. as a whole, Pollard, ETN, Devontae Smith, Debo, James Conner, Kyle Pitt. There's, I, I mentioned with Miles Sanders, and I always, my perfect example is... Um, Playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. come draft season. I never liked dra- drafting those guys. I look at them on the draft board and I feel, yuck, I don't want them. Mm-hmm. But then you watch every, them play. And then I watch them play in every season, like, or I, when the fantasy season starts and, and then I'm playing, I'm like, well, what am I doing? Why? Yeah. It's always like Derrick Henry. It's always, and we'll talk about him, obviously, but it's like, I always pass on Derrick Henry because of some stupid preconceived notion that I have about the individual that like limits me to understand <laughs> what what actual value they bring sure. rather than so now I, I look at going. his Just team get to the point I know who you're talking about no Tony Pollard eh not excited about him Travis Etienne eh and the biggest eh out of all of them is James. Connor. Yeah, that's exactly who I, I knew you were talking about. And James Connor always is a beast. He is when he's healthy. When he's healthy, I mean, even in in projections, I'm looking at projections. He's top twenty. He's so he's, last year he was top, he was a top twenty running back. Um, yeah, and he missed five weeks of the season. So when he yep. is healthy, he is a top ten running back. Essentially, yep. you're looking at him between ten and fifteen as a good RB two. But Nick has him right now probably as his RB3 in our flex. And I think that's pretty good value. Um, yeah, I think that's is. a good spot for him. I think Nick, once again, I'm trying to take these in blocks and look at where everyone was drafted. I think those top six picks are good. I don't think they're great. Like I think how Phillips picked a great top five. But I think these six players are very good. I am not that high on Debo Samuel. Um, I think that he is someone, an amazing talent. There's just too many mouths to feed way in San many. Francisco. And I didn't feel like he established a good chemistry with Brock Purdy um, when Brock was playing. A lot of that was George Kittle and C-Mac, of course, and even Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk outscored Debo in the final probably six to seven weeks of the season. So I, I personally like Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard is going to be used just they're going to run him into the ground this year. Um, and yeah, perhaps there's that. some injury um, concerns. Travis Etienne, when he played, he was good, but I do think they're going to be using some other guys as well. So, yeah, I think Nick's team is good. Is there someone that you want to touch on a little bit later down there? Uh, because there was a curse that happened last year and that curse perhaps returned this year, or is it a Nick, new year? Why are you drafting Deshaun Watson? I thought we all agreed. It was like this pact that hey let's let's just let's stay clear of this guy because he is nothing but trouble on and off the fantasy football field and he's on your team you're gonna lose i believe i am playing you week one so i want to say thank you i appreciate the free win but (laughs) 
Now, all that aside, if I can just if I'm looking at a name and I'm looking at stats, I'm looking at what he was in Houston. To be fair, he came into a situation midway through the season Mm -hmm. after a very prolonged break. Any player, whatever their situation is, that's something that's 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 a tough situation to get into. He's definitely going to be better. I think the um, having Amari Cooper building that connection with them all during the in the preseason and offseason, bringing in a guy like Elijah Moore that I think is he's still great. He's still like I would imagine a top top two in terms of depth chart wide receiver that will definitely make definitely help out that offense. David Nujoku, oh, oh David Nujoku. The, the offensive pieces are there. Nick Chubb's going to be there. Mm-hmm. I keep reading reports that Nick Chubb's going to get even more involved in the past game due to the depleted backfield that they have. The, the, the potential's there, but just like screw that guy. <laughs> um, I think we both agree that Kyle Pitts is just like to play off his last name, just a pit. Like there is like nothing there. I, I, I'm not going to fall for the Kyle Pitts is back. Kyle Pitts is this Kyle Pitts is that Um, I loved him out of Florida. I thought he was a great um, tight end there, but there is just, I don't know what it is, whether it's the system, whether it's him, but he's not someone that I'm going in and starting. I would rather probably start David and Joku over Kyle Pitts. And then to touch on last, but not least on his team reaching on the 10th round, maybe not a reach, but Justin Tucker, all time kicker, best opera, singer in the game um justin tucker plug and play you're good for you know number one kicker the rest of the year two more teams left jake and i mean we weren't biased here we say the best ones for last well let's go with yours first you were the number nine pick Mm -hmm. you start off with b john robinson which i i'm not going to toot your own horn i think that's the best best value in terms of in terms of what you're going to get and there's obviously a lot of question marks Mm-hmm. But my gut feeling at number nine, ninth overall, Bijan Robinson, given given the situation that we were just talking with Kyle Pitts, Atlanta is going to run the ball. How how do I put this? Fifteen thousand times. <laughs> they are, and, and that's gonna be. I think the over might hit. It, it might. Um, both him and everyone forgets that Tyler Algier had a thousand yards last year. Yeah, um, as a rookie. It, He's a very, very good running back. Um, I was even surprised that Atlanta took Bijan Robinson because I figured, why would you draft a running back in the first round when you already have a very good one? But I think that's how special Bijan Robinson is. Um, I was hoping that he would fall only because when Nick was up and I saw Devontae Adams there and I was like, you know, former Packer, but please don't take the running back. I think Nick was a little scared of drafting a rookie running back, which I understand. And I think there are some, you know, concerns, but I, I am excited to have Bijan Robinson on my team. I think he's a good PPR running back. I think he's going to be used all over the place. Coming out of Texas, he was used all over the place. You want to talk about another guy that's going to line up in the slot sometimes. Bijan can run routes. And you saw that at Texas. He was in the slot, just running up the seams, basically like a tight end and just catching, you know, 30, 40 yard bombs. And you're like, this guy's a running back. So he's going to be now. Can Desmond Ritter get him the ball? That remains to be seen because I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. Um, but I would like to say, I think my team is team potential, um, which I typically do on a year to year basis. I take some flyers and hope that something happens with them. Um, 
I really like Garrett Wilson. It wasn't necessarily a reach, but I think there were other players yeah, on the board. I don't think it was. Um, that perhaps could have been picked, like a Tony Pollard. I could have went back-to-back running backs. Um, but Garrett Wilson, I think, is going to... I loved Garrett Wilson last year. I told everyone on this podcast after week two to put your rookie in the year, rookie of the year bets in for Garrett Wilson. And that hit. Jalen Waddle. I can't wait to do the Waddle touchdown dance um, as I beat Phil's team whenever I play him. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple other guys like Aaron Jones. I like Aaron Jones. I, I think he's a good running back uh, RB two. I'm not like stoked on Aaron Jones, but I do think that in round four, you're getting someone, um, you know, that is a serviceable running back. I do like Amari Cooper in the fifth. I think him and Deshaun Watson having more time together. Amari Cooper is really, you're right. Elijah Moore is a good wide receiver too, but I still think Amari Cooper is that red zone guy and can still stretch the field every once in a while. I know I'm going to be frustrated with him some weeks because he has weeks where he drops a lot of catches. Yeah, he does. Um, and I know that's probably going to come at a time where I'm going to need him. But then my next two picks after that, this is where I think my year will either be a complete dud or I can turn it into a championship level team. Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. Both of these guys last year went in the top 10. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I have no idea if he's coming back. This is a complete just hope. We were talking about this as the draft was going on. And we were, you know, you were wondering, well, how far is Jonathan Taylor going to fall? And I was wondering, well, you know what? Like, I might as well take him right here because if you can get this value in the seventh round, you might as well take it. Um, So we'll see if Kamara, when he comes back, if he is someone, he had a down year last year, but hopefully with Jamal Williams there, they have a change pace. Maybe there's that, you know, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. I don't expect Kamara to be, of course, when he was 23, 24, you know, being that dynamic. But I still think Alvin Kamara is a serviceable running back. and then last but not least, I waited till the very last rounds to pick a tight end and a QB. Those are by far my biggest question marks. I'm not stoked on my tight end. I'm hoping that I can maybe, you know, work something out with Trey for a George Kittle or a TJ Hawkinson. But Aaron Rodgers, I do not like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a pompous asshole. Don't like the guy. I think he has a much better year, of course, this year on the New York Jets. He seems happier. He seems like he's more just there mentally as far as wanting to be a part of a football team. I think he has good weapons um, and we'll see. He does play in a tough division. I think all those defenses are pretty damn good. Um, and we'll see with him. I'm hoping that perhaps there's someone that kind of, you know, goes off on the waiver wire and I can pick them up later on in the season, but I, I like my team. I think it's, I think it's decent. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, I want to hear your, your thoughts. My only issue with your team is that, you are banking a lot on Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. Those are, I I still feel like those are pretty important picks. Obviously, if you pick all positional players in the and then you're heading into the sixth round, that's going to be your that's going to be your flex spot. I will say, I we were just we were just kind of poo pooing on the aerial attack for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But if there's going to be anyone that's going to scratch any sure. sort of salvable season for it, it's going to be Drake London. Yeah, who as a whole last year was still pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a, I think he's got a lot of talent. It's just, it's the quarterback more than anything. Yeah. And, and I hate to do it because I looked like such an idiot last year, but Michael Pittman jr. Could probably salvage some of like wide receiver to high wide receiver sure. to status. I don't see him as a flex guy where I think everyone does, but I think target volume alone, I think that, 
he was probably one of the more ultimate examples. Maybe him, and I hate doing it too because I was super high on him last year, but Cortland Sutton, I think mm-hmm. those two predominantly were victim of their situation. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman is not a guy that he's not a guy like Cortland Sutton that's gonna stretch and go for the big place. He's a volume, he's a volume guy. He's going to he's going to be there for any quarterback. I I think with everything that's going going in with Indianapolis, uh with Anthony Richardson, what what's gonna go on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that team with with Matt Ryan I felt like Matt Ryan was on his ass every yeah. single play. So I'm not blaming everything on Matt Ryan in terms of the efficiency of, of, of running that offense, but there's still plenty of plays that I saw last year being a Michael Pittman owner and saying like, yeah. dude, this guy's seeing ghost out here. The offensive line's not great, but I, I definitely see the value that whatever you're, you're losing in terms of what you lost about filling your flex spot in that sixth round you could definitely s- s- scrape by with um, a Drake London or Michael Pittman, but sure. Since but since you went wide receiver heavy and you're throwing in Amari Cooper in that flex spot, yeah, I am a little worried about AJ Dillon. I don't, I don't want to run. I would not want to run two Green Bay running backs. Oh I, no! I, oh, sorry, continue. I because that's how it's set up. Is that correct? No, I mean AJ Dillon is a pure handcuff. So if if Aaron Jones goes down, then I have AJ Dillon. I'm I'm playing Aaron Jones a hundred percent of the time. Okay, but you have Aaron Jones. Okay, I guess I didn't even look. I was trying to look at Garrett Wilson. So I guess you still have your starting line. I yeah. My, I think, my, so my I think top five the, picks are my yeah. running two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex. Yeah. So everybody so, below that is all my depth, which I I will say, and I know we're all. We're all about, you know, our own teams and stuff. I think that I have the best depth in our league. I'm not saying I have the I, best starting. And that's and I think that's the problem I have with your team is I think you mentioned it with with a Shane's team. And I feel like we always mention with like Steph. Not nah, maybe not that she's a little bit more top heavy this year, but last year heading into the playoffs, every week she made a decision. Yes. You're going to have an embarrassment of riches if everything breaks for you perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at PFF right now. Uh, with Jonathan Taylor, they're already factoring in the four games that he no doubt about will miss. Mm-hmm. Even with that, based solely off his performance me- metrics, not measuring in any uh, any injury risks or how that would affect him, mm-hmm. they're still averaging him in 13 games, 900, 930 yards, which is yeah. absolutely ridiculous yeah. and absolutely plausible. And that's, so, that's about in like 13 games because you have to take and, the and it's in, in thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So I will say I, this. I am someone yeah. that always trades. I am always someone yeah. that looks to improve. So that is why I think with my depth, if it reaches that potential, and that's why I think I'm team potential, that I can flip some of these guys for legit talent, where that's maybe a quarterback. And if Aaron Rodgers is playing well, maybe I package an Aaron Rodgers with an Alvin Kamara for a better quarterback, you know, something like that to where I can upgrade in that position. I will say this, my final thing about this player, and this is my prediction for my team with this player. I have three leagues. I drafted this player in all three of my leagues. Nico Collins, you are a top 20 wide receiver this year. My wow. Friend. We'll make sure we clip that. And we, we hold on to that bad boy. Uh, I know. I, I like your team, Jake, a lot of depth. I um, feel like you got, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle, those are both two studs. I feel like for the first 
four weeks while you have those suspensions. They need to be studs. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we got the last pick in the draft, the cat. <laughs> Hashtag claws up. I, this is a very unique draft for me. I came in and I typically have a pretty standard way how I operate. I go very kind of similar to your team, Jake, maybe not, um, maybe not factoring in suspensions or uh, suspensions or injuries and, and, and that depth. But I typically am very running back wide receiver heavy for my, my first nine picks. I like filling up my starting lineup with the best possible guys I can get. Mm-hmm. I like filling up my bench, with the best possible guys I can get. I like throwing uh, a hell Mary on a quarterback, hell Mary on a tight end. I normally don't draft a, a, a defense or a kicker and I just roll into it this season though. I felt that I needed to take a little bit more of a pragmatic approach in terms of filling out the best possible starting lineup that I can put out. Mm -hmm. When I left the draft, I don't feel like I did it necessarily with my wide receivers, but what I think that I did and I hope that I did was my strategy of going in and getting the three best wide receivers that I could possibly get um, at the picks that I had. I, I personally feel now there's plenty of opinions on Najee Harris and we can have a full field day on that. And we, and we probably will. Mm-hmm. But my with my starting lineup for my three running backs, including the flex, having Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and Najee Harris, I am, according to PFF, I have the number eight, number eight running back, the number nine running back. And unfortunately, I think I need to scroll down to Najee Harris at, um, actually, you know what? Let me, let me, let me pull up, let me pull up running backs. I was on all players. So I have, I have the number six running back. I have Mm -hmm. the number seven running back. Mm -hmm. And then I have the number 14th running back. Now to be fair, my Najee Harris, I got him with a 30th pick. So that's why that's a little bit more of a drop than I would have liked to admit. Where is Aaron still, Jones really quick? Aaron Jones is at 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I wanted to go running back heavy because mm-hmm. I did not. And we've talked about with a lot of these teams that went wide receiver heavy and struggling with RB2. I did not want to end up with said Miles Sanders. I didn't want to end up with... Um, uh, the guy on Tampa Bay. Rashad, I yeah. didn't want to end up with. I'm looking. I'm sc- quickly scrolling through teams. There's just guys that I just didn't want to roll into my like Alexander Madison. Fine RB two. I know there's sure. not that much love, but I wanted to make sure that I left the draft that I had the best running back room because, and I wanted every single week, no matter what, I'm pulling in 12 to maybe 20 points out of my running back room. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers. After and then I went Lamar Jackson. I, I've said it multiple times. You had to get those top guys. I normally don't draft quarterback high. Lamar fell in my lap. I had to take it. Now, the biggest and most obvious question mark about my team is just my wide receivers. I'm rolling into sure. the season with my wide receivers as Mike Williams mm-hmm. and Chris Godwin. Mike Williams, as we all know, will probably be hurt by week five. And then he'll come back week six and then he'll get hurt in the middle of the game. And then he'll skip seven. And he'll come I mean, back. if you don't like Mike, if you don't want Mike Williams, let me have him. If no, you're just going to talk trash, that on is him. that is the rhetoric that is on Mike Williams. But every draft, I want a I want that ticket because when healthy, 
he is so game breaking in terms of fantasy football. You you turn off your app, you go you go down to the store and get a Subway sandwich. We're not sponsored by Subway, but you go get a sandwich, you come back, Chargers score two touchdowns and it's Mike Williams with like a 50-yard bomb. Mm-hmm. Like that that type of game breaking along with how I set up my team with stability with my running backs is what I wanted. Chris Godwin, for example, Chris mm-hmm. Godwin does not have that, but he does have a team that will probably be the, maybe one of the worst teams in the division. I believe it's between them and Carolina, mm-hmm. um, but they're, they're going to be throwing they're They have Baker Mayfield. And if I know anything about Baker Mayfield, when healthy, the guy will, the guy's pretty accurate. He's going to hyper-focus on targets. I remember I, I don't. I just feel like with Chris Godwin, I am going to have some floor every week with about six catches. I get six catches, then I'm getting somewhere in the ballpark of about maybe forty to fifty yards. If he creeps in for a touchdown, so be it. I'm not extremely happy about it, but I like the floor. My next, we don't need to go through all my picks because it's not all about me. But I, I ended up with my my next three with. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, he is injured and he may not play week one, but that's another guy. High upside, a lot of volume, number one guy on a bad team. I'm getting garbage points there. George Pickens, I don't even think I wanted George Pickens, but I'm so tired of hearing everyone just that George Pickens. Everyone thinks George Pickens is like the second coming of like Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And I want a piece of that because I know that I'm struggling with that. And besides that, I I wanted to go top heavy. I feel like I went top heavy and I wanted to end my draft with just very high boomer busts. And that is including Don, Deontay Foreman because there's no bigger ceiling than Deontay Foreman <laughs> this year. But um yeah, I don't know. I got there's not much. I, I I left the draft super excited, but now as I like become sober and look at my team, I have there's some question marks that normally when I leave drafts, I don't have those question marks. Sure. So I don't know how to properly rate my team going forward. Now, I have some things about Najee and you, and I'm not going to harp on him too much because after you traded him to me, he had a better season. Um, yeah. He, he was good. But I will say this, and you wanted someone with, you know, you said 12 to, what was it, 12 to 20 points or 18 points per week. Mm-hmm. When you had Najee, he didn't do that one single time. In the I know. 10 weeks. So yep. you don't really know, I guess, what you're going to get from him, to be honest. And I and I am mm-hmm. surprised that you drafted him. And I get why you're going three running backs. But I think that you had two very, I mean, as you know, 10 and 11 back to back, probably the best two running back tandem. Yep. Now, I don't agree with the Najee pick because I think there were wide receivers there. You talked about how you really wanted Calvin Ridley. He was sitting right there for you. You know, mm-hmm. so someone like him who is kind of a question mark, but you know, you're getting probably a wide receiver that in my, I mean, I think because of rankings and whatnot, better than Chris Godwin, better than Mike Williams. Right. So um, there was, you know, a, maybe perhaps a Keenan Allen or, you know, someone like that, Deontay Johnson, but I don't know. Najee is just someone that I just, he could have a good year. He's just a huge unknown. And I don't think that's someone that like, I think there are going to be some weeks, especially early. If he struggles, you're already going to be, do I even play him? Um, So no, there's no doubt at all. I am a thousand percent playing him because where 
I'm I'm if buying he starts in, the first two weeks with less than ten points. I know you. You're already going to start freaking out about him. No, I won't. Well, I will freak out. Uh, no, yeah. duh, because I drafted the guy I invested in. But my my assessment, and while there's a lot of rhetoric, I'm I'm we're all human. I'm I'm reading into the things that I want to come true. All I keep hearing about with this Steelers, the Steelers uh, offseason, that they made a heavy, heavy investment into their offensive line. Sure, adding they they uh, they brought in three guys in free agency looking to fix that offensive line. And he definitely got better towards the end of the year in terms of finishes for Najee. It's not great. I, I mean, he had one top five finish, which yeah. is brutal. Uh, that was in week 11. But if we're looking at week 13 on, obviously when I wasn't, he wasn't on my team, he was on your team. We He had a t- uh, 16, 14, 17. Granted, that is not great. Well, that's what you want where I flex, the flex pick, and then and at week 17 7 week 18 7 18 doesn't matter we all know that yeah. but still definitely finished off strong definitely was planted behind a, an offensive line that I've I've heard at agnosium how horrible they, they, they were last year and there was plenty of times last year watching and definitely I paid a hefty price to get Najee last year so especially those first couple weeks I'm watching the, I'm not even watching the red zone. I'm watching red zone on the big TV and I'm watching my big guys on my, on my laptop. I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to watch, I got to see how this pans out. Whether it, whether it's um, their stats that back it up, gut feeling watching the games. There were so many times where that guy, even on goal lines, he never even had a chance. Yeah. And that, that is something that I'm holding with this pick. I know stats probably say, Stats have shown as we as he came into this first year that all this hype coming in, he fell flat on his face. You have him on your bench, Jalen Warren. When he would come in in some of these games when Najee's getting beat up or kicked off the field, Jalen Warren, it was absolute spark plug. And there's there's definitely going to be some, especially if Najee starts off slow those first two weeks, like you mentioned. That yeah, I'm going to be freaking out that some guy's going to come taking his job. I do not think, I do not think with the type of investment that they have made for the offense on not only for the running back sake, but for Kenny Pickett's sake, because that guy got ragdolled, obviously RIP uh, because of <laughs> Phil mm-hmm. um, that offensive line just has to be better. And if it has to be better then you're not putting your quarterback in situations where, where like on the goal line, they they got to throw on third and first because Najee can't get in the first two, two times. Sure. I think I, I definitely think he's going to be better. I definitely think he will be if I'm looking at guys like you mentioned Calvin Ridley. I no matter what how this draft went in, went, I would have I I was taking a running back with my third pick. Uh, 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 anyone. So, if I'm looking at Aaron Jones, I think that's the I'm only looking, one that, you know, that I would have chose over Najee. I don't think anyone besides that's, that I agree with you. I and that's Najee. personal. And that's that's how you feel. Well, no, that, I think I, just I, in I, general like I, yeah. I think either one, I like, I see why he took Najee, but I think it would have been fine if he took Aaron Jones there. But I yeah. don't think besides Aaron Jones, I don't think there's anybody else he would take besides Najee. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at finishes here for Najee. And I know that, and I think it's just one of the, since I took him so high, but week one, 26, that's not great for a number one pick, but now I'm looking at it in the prism as, as my third running back. 26, 13, 15. He had two horrible weeks during the stretch that I had him, a 39th finish, a 47, but 18, 28. That's not that bad. 
And I definitely yeah. think he's going to be better. The team's going to be better. Well, the so, thing that I, and you keep on harping on the offensive line, how much worse were they last year than his rookie season? Because his rookie season, like how much turnover was there? I don't know. That's just a question. I don't think yeah. you would know that either, but like, was there a lot of turnover from his rookie season to uh, year two? Or, you know, I'm looking at Alabama running backs. I think Najee Harris is more on the track of Eddie Lacy than he is Derrick Henry. So, oh my God, I hope he's Eddie at least. That's how I won my first chip. <laughs> um, so that that's my opinion on him. Um, I just I I just remember watching him last year, and sure, there were times where there was pe- already people in the backfield, but I remember watching him being like, "You just you took the wrong hole, like you went the wrong way," and it was just yeah. didn't hit the right holes, didn't look for open space, and kind of went into defenders instead of trying to go around defenders. So we'll see. And I think there's only one guy that can really go into defenders, and you have him. Uh, who we all love Derrick Henry. I think everyone that plays fantasy sports, fantasy football knows how great Derrick Henry is. Yeah. Um, and then just touching on Lamar Jackson, you picked Lamar Jackson, you wanted one of those quarterbacks. Um, I think Lamar Jackson was a good pick. I would have yeah, taken him over Joe Burrow, um, over Justin Fields. Um, I'm a homer, so I probably would have taken Justin Herbert over Lamar. But uh, Lamar has a lot of weapons. He's got a better offense. I'm not sure if he's going to run as much. He could, but we'll see. Um, but he's dynamic. So I think your team has, and this is different than years past. Your teams are usually consistently around 115 points, 110 points a week. I think your team has boom bust potential every single week. My, my, my feeling with my team, and we can put a pin here because we've been rattling on, rattling on about all these teams forever to end my team. If Mike Williams, or say if I go Mike Evans, or if I go George Pickens, Mm -hmm. if I just play the roulette with Godwin, if Mike Williams goes off, I I find it hard to believe that I'm losing in a week. I, I really do. Yeah, no, but that's the thing is that Mike Williams is the ultimate boomer bust yeah. player. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think there are some weeks that you're going to score 80 points. And then I think there are some weeks where you score 140 because I think that yep. you have that both of those sides. And you just have to hope that you're more on the 140 side, but you're usually Mr. Consistency right around 115. I mean, you had a consistent uh, player in Devontae Adams last year who always mm-hmm. got you 20 points. I don't see yep. that in a wide receiver. And I don't know if you're getting that out of Najee. You got that out of Nick Chubb last year in the third round. I can't see Najee being Nick Chubb this year. Um, so we'll see. Um, those are all the 10 teams. We we know we talked for a while, um, but we are looking just a very very deep dive into each team a couple predictions here or there do you have any final predictions as you think there there was a team that you said that you actually didn't even tell me is there that team that you think is going to go extremely far we're not going to say championship because we have no idea what's going to happen with injuries and any of that stuff but is there a team that you think that can go very far in this league i if if you if i had to put my it's a family show. I want to say if I had to put my nuts on the table, mm-hmm. my cashew nuts, I personally, besides the injury that just occurred, I really like um, Phillips, team. Phillips team. I think Phillips, okay. Phillips team has, I, I, it really comes down to with his team, Cam Akers for some reason. Sure. I, I, I can't buy into that. That's literally his RB two. So he has to I get can't points buy into the hype. I can't buy into the hype, but I uh, I think I'm just jaded on him, and I really like his team. And also, no, I think I think his team. That's the after looking at all the teams, talking about sure. all the teams, that's one that sticks out to me. Uh, my team would be Sam's team. Uh, she is 
misses most consistent. consistent in this league. And I think it's going to be another consistently good season for her. I think she has a good starting lineup. It is very heavy with Bengals players, but she has, I mean, that offense is great. So she has good depth, um, a good team across the board. So that'd be my pick to, uh, to have a solid season. 